hopefully we don't mess this up or knock anything because I think that we're all set up here. Sweet. play about with that, see how it, how it works. Yeah, that's sound. I mean, we will have audio on these and on the, the phone as well. Hopefully. It should cross over somewhere. Anyway, welcome to this episode of the Liverpool Strength Podcast. I'm Martin Kimberley, joined by James McPhee. How's things, James? Things are all right. Yeah. Good. Two shots and comp. <laughs> What's your uh, plan of attack for that day? Don't die. Oh, that's always a good one. I don't know, just, just see how it goes. Go through a bit of a, a lull of training, just fair up. Not feeling as strong. Mm. But then obviously I was ill a few weeks ago. So I've only just got over that. And then I'm also 10 kilos later. Yeah. Last time. So that's take that into consideration. Take that into account. Yeah. Obviously, I haven't tapered yet. So. I hope I can get within the same numbers last time, if not slightly more. Found. Decent. Have to wait and if see. you feel like that's on the cards, then. And obviously, conventional compared to sumo is poop. <laughs> is that what you stick them with? Conventional deadlift? Hip still, but yeah. it's a sumo, yeah. So if I can get a name by sumo, then that's, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, decent. Yeah, that's, that's sound, that like. Um, that's the pop boy's deadlift. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> get a <laughs> squat on the board. I'm, I'm not squatting. No. no. Oh, it's just push pull, isn't it? Yeah. 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 They made me pay twice for the push pull. Really? Yeah. All right. You've got to enter them separately. Right. <laughs> so I had to pay double the entry fee. Bizarre. But that's powerlifting. It's a bizarre sport. <laughs> yeah. Um, training wise, um, personally, I tried to do some weightlifting yesterday. Um, and that went about as well as you'd expect it after not doing any weightlifting for like six months. Um, pretty pleased though, D- done some doubles on snatches and cleaning jerks. And then, because I hadn't really missed anything. Don't get me wrong, they were all technically fucking awful. Um, just stuck like 90 and 110 or 115 or something like that. Um, and done those. So I'm going to base like any weightlifting training that I do. Off that, and it's only going to be probably relatively, relatively low volume work. But just to sort of get, I've, I can feel like the sort of hunger coming back a little bit for, um, for when rugby finishes because there's a big break. Season finishes in like March, so because I'm now an old boy in the masters categories, could basically pick whatever weight class I wanted to get into, and would be in the English and British Championships. So. Can't really argue with that. No training for six months and would still get in those on a horrendous day. So I was saying to Jane yesterday, uh, what I think would be pretty funny is to not train at all for a competition, go to a comp, hit the, hit those qualifying numbers and then train for the, the actual ones. But knowing my luck, I'd probably end up doing shit. Yeah, I'd bomb out in the... Um, in the actual, uh, like, in, in the British and the English, because... And they wonder 
what happened for the club. Man, why did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> Probably because you're only trained for two months for it. <laughs> so yeah, um, taking a break from weightlifting and then trying to pick up almost sort of where you left off. It's kind of like, it's like driving a car, except the car's on fire, all the pedals are on fire, you're on fire, and uh, the water that you drink throughout the session's petrol, and it just gets progressively worse. So my thumbs today are fucking killing me as well, which is, which is great. But yeah. Um, Get that poo thumb back. Yeah, yeah. More so the right than the left. I don't know why. Weird. Weightlifting's a, a strange sport. Yeah, no, no one else understands poo thumb mm. in the gym. I'm like, yeah, I've got poo thumb. Like, what? It's like, it's like a brown stain on your thumb. Yeah. From, like, <laughs> from the, the blood. Dead, dead skin, like the bar. It's yeah. like, it turns up, you get like a brown streak. Yeah. Seems like it's not white properly. Again. Um, but anyway, uh, the today what we wanted to talk about is uh, something that quite a few of the people that watch this podcast, watch and listen to this podcast, might have been exposed to, and that is a very recent episode of a really good podcast called The Diary of a CEO. But before we get into that, um, just wanted to take this opportunity to tell you about our 21-day fundamentals program, uh, 21 days of learning how to structure your training, how to structure your nutrition to set you up for success throughout 2023 and beyond. So hit the link that's in the description or in the comments and let's get cracking because what we're going to talk about today is probably what this fella goes on about is probably a little bit more damaging than uh, than anything that quite a few people have maybe come out with in the last couple of years. There's always some quack who comes out with stuff. That's probably the wrong, maybe the wrong description to describe this guy because he is really well-educated. Um, he's pretty, um, he's a medical doctor. I'm pretty sure he's a, he's a nutrition scientist as well. So, so a lot of what he says is grounded in like good truth. Um, but, he tries to explain things with nuance and then doesn't provide it. So, what I wanted, what we wanted to do today, and I don't think you've actually seen this episode of. I've, I've heard about it. Yeah, avoided it like the plague. Because um, what I wanted to do is just go over some of the, some of the things that he says, and literally just a handful of them, um, and just like sort of see what, how you react. <laughs> Because we're saying we're getting more prepared these podcasts. You've got to yeah. notice this. I know, thing. yeah. I noticed last week, I've got them this week. You'll find that I prepare like once every two weeks, and then I'm like, fuck, it's my turn to come up with something again. <laughs> so, uh, Diary of a CEO podcast. I'd say it's well worthwhile watching. Some of the stuff in there is uh, is pretty good. Is like say is grounded in some like some decent truths, and uh, is grounded in looking. At like a really overall good general health perspective but some of the things that get mentioned are a little bit bizarre and can potentially put people off wanting to improve their health and now this is what this guy is supposed to be an expert in so the fellow's name is tim specter um and i don't believe that he's like i don't believe that he's trying to intentionally harm anyone I think that what he want his message is one of wanting people to be healthy, but I just think that his execution and how he goes about it is a little bit, a little bit strange. And I feel that it 
a lot of the time with things like this, you have to make some big fucking crazy bold claim to sell your shit. So this guy, he's got like books for sale. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's got courses for sale and like speaker appearances and all that kind of stuff. So when you scratch the surface of that, it makes sense why you'd want people to buy into your thing when really your like, like thing... A, like another king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, along the same lines. But I don't think this guy's taking like 15 grand's worth of steroids every every month. <laughs> so like the first thing that he that he comes out with or the first sort of pretty mental claim is that um, the science of... Uh, calorie counting uh, is complete bollocks <laughs> and that it only works for a couple of weeks. So that's the first thing that he comes out with. He actually also says that it's a hundred year old thinking. So that an energy balance is a hundred year old science. What would you, if you were sat in the room of him now? What's like that's only been around for a hundred years. Mm, I know, yeah. Science of calories in, calories out. (laughs) And it's not been disproven yet. So isn't that a good thing? Yeah, I can't, doesn't like... No no one's ever, like, been able to do a study and go, if we equate these calories for the amount of food that the other, like, groups eat in. So so what does he expect? Does he expect your mind to adapt to what you're doing? (laughs) It's not muscle confusion now, it's mind confusion. Mm, uh, Yeah. (laughs) Mind-muscle confusion. Instead of my fitness plan, I'm just going to use a pen and paper. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> calorie counting only works for a couple of weeks now with that alright yeah there probably isn't any long term like sort of maybe 10 year long studies where people have you know religiously tracked absolutely everything like 90% accurately as they can um, so getting those my, my fitness pal day streaks yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and that's probably that data probably hasn't been collected anywhere because the problem with that is adherence to any like style of uh, like food count or diets generally goes down as time goes on. So the longer you track your calories for, the more you get into the habit of eating the same, generally the same foods all the time. The more you adapt your diet, and you're in a deficit, a surplus, at maintenance anyway. So. That's like sort of point number one. Yeah, that calorie count is just a tool, isn't it, to to learn what you're actually in, to yeah. get, get more control over that. Because like I still track now, but it's sort of very loosely. But because mm. I don't eat enough, like yeah. if I didn't track, I would not eat enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like can be used as again. It's a method. It's not a principle. So because I get to like six o'clock or seven o'clock, I'm like got twelve hundred calories. Oh, yeah, yeah. I still need to eat eat. A, yeah so that's like sort of point number one that to say that firstly points number one and two really firstly to say that calorie counting is a hundred year old science um so you're saying it's outdated or it's just it's outdated and it's outdated thinking which again you'd have you'd have to come back to the point that it was discovered a long time ago and no one's ever disproven it so that adds to the credibility of the, the of that theory, of that but basically not even theory of of that principle. Um, obviously, like going into like laws of thermodynamics and all that kind of stuff. Say, it's, it's, yeah, it's like it's um, it's a 
it's a pretty bizarre claim to make. I will agree that, yeah, there aren't any um, probably like maybe 10-year-long, long-term studies to say that that, that calorie counting um, works in the long term. But you can't really deny that <laughs> the, the studies that are there the majority, the absolute majority of them would add to the body of evidence that makes it more credible that energy balance is the main mechanism of of adding weight and uh, reducing weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that mixing up calorie counting with calories having a value are two different things. Like calories count in foods, but you, but you don't have to count them if you don't want to like it's not to say that just because you don't count your calories you can't add mass or reduce it it's just that it again it's a tool to uh to basically adhere to a principle to gain a desired outcome so i think that that's sort of like point number one of um that's point number one of uh, why that's kind of crazy. Like, but as well as that, point number two, like, that I've, I've probably just, like, gone over, really. Point number two, calorie counting only works for a couple of weeks. Mm, not really. Like, you can inaccurately count your calories. So, um you can inaccurately count calories and it, it, it can mean that you're say like eating a thousand calories over what your like suggested target might be. Um, I mean, it could be that in terms of people just getting like fed up having to track things. To track things, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you think it takes a few minutes. Like, so then like, day, like with any... Like, uh, with, just becomes a habit, doesn't it? With any uh, nutrition protocol or diet, as time goes on, adherence generally goes down so you don't stick to it for as long which have like a whole bunch of real world examples that we speak to pretty much every day <laughs> to kind of dis- to basically disprove that oh i've stopped i've stopped tracking my food and i've added like five kilos in weight well maybe the thing that was keeping you in check and stopping you from overeating was tracking them and making sure that you're eating roughly about the same every day. Maybe go over on one day, maybe go under another day. It is just a tool. I was going to say, Christmas is a, is a, a, a classic example of that, isn't it? Like, yeah. put on a couple of kilos over Christmas, and after a few months, they'll, like, they they'll slowly gradually, come back off. Right. Where, does, where does it disappear to, Tim? They stopped, <laughs> stopped eating that extra, like all the extra calories, and yeah. not as much booze and cake and <laughs> yeah. chocolates. Yeah. And- <laughs> Exactly. So, the December diet, which fucking great, love a good December diet. Um, that's basically a a great example of um, how that can be disproven. You eat more food generally in December. And whereas, not, if, whereas if you tracked it, you could still lose weight and eat all those foods in December. Well, yeah. If like, depends if you if your maintenance was three thousand calories. And then every day in December, you eat 5,000 calories. Come January, you're probably going to be a bit heavier. Yeah, but you can be a bit fat. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, and have a great time in December. Like the start of, <laughs> the start of last year, I put on four kilos. 
thinking that mostly like water weights and like three of them stayed. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to move up a weight class for the for my comp. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a that's a real world example of what we've just been going on about. Uh, it just shows I had a good Christmas. Training was going well. <laughs> yeah. I was a thick boy. Another thing that he goes on to say is that uh, it's impossible to count your calories because you have to weigh everything. Now that is, it's it's not exactly, it's not exactly rocket science to weigh your food. Like, get a scale, put a bowl on the scale, pour your food in. Like, <laughs> it literally is that simple. It's the same. It's the same way that when you step on a set of body weight scales, you just. Stand on the scale, on. turn them on and step onto it. You're putting the food on the scale and then, yeah, all right, maybe the, the calorie value is like maybe 10, 20% out from what it's saying, telling you on the packet. Yeah, At least you've got a good idea of, of where you should be. Like, <laughs> it's better than just going, eh, I'm, I'm just not going to... Just eyeballing everything. Yeah, 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 which... When you get to a point after you've weighed your food out, you can go, oh, that's about 200 grams of chicken. That's about 200 grams of ham. Yeah. That's about, two, that's about 30 grams of porridge. Um, it is possible to eyeball things. So weighing, weighing your food, one, it's not really necessary. If you use about half a pack of something, like say half a pack of rice, and you know that the rice is 250 grams, mm. well... Even when you scan the pack, it comes up as half pack half, one seven. Yeah, yeah. So just scan, click the tick, tracked. Done. Yeah, like bizarre. It's it's a it's a bizarre claim to make, but when you have this like huge platform, and people start believing it, people start believing stuff like that, and stop believing in the the things that are well researched, gra- grounded in in decades old science, which is. A positive thing. Um, it kind of goes from being informative to entertainment. So rather than it being educational, it's entertainment. Kind of like all the Netflix documentaries, like um, what was the vegan one? Game Changers. A little bit like that. You've got to take it into account that, yeah, some of it is probably pretty good science like having a good very balanced diet is going to be helpful <laughs> not eating just exclusively just meat it's probably not going to be the most healthy thing for you yeah. but also on the other extreme going to the other extreme you're just being extreme with things like but with different things yeah uh, yeah it's like the most anti-vegan person the king <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so there's that which again backed up by decades old science which I can't reiterate enough how much of a good thing that actually is. So what was this point? You can't check your calories because you can't weigh your food. You can't. Uh, it's impossible to count your calories because you have to weigh everything and that calorie counting only works for a couple of weeks. But I feel like just, we've... Just the weighing stuff. Yeah, like it's, it's bizarre. It's, bizar- it's bizarre thinking from someone who's... A medical doctor got a PhD, all that kind of stuff. It 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 shows that someone who's well educated isn't immune from having their own personal biases towards things, and can sometimes lack that little bit of rational, critical thinking. Which, as an academic, is probably one of the most important things that you can have when you're um, when you're going to go on a on a 
on a podcast or sell a book or try and give people advice, you want to make sure what you're telling them isn't some is <laughs> isn't some bizarre load of shit. Which I'll come back to it. Some of the things that he does say, like having uh, like eating a, a a big variety of plants, nuts, seeds, all that kind of stuff, that is actually pretty That's good advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paleo. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also including, um, also including, I, I would add to that, including uh, like complete proteins, um, so stuff like lean meats, that's going to be beneficial, obviously for the purpose of uh, muscle growth and repair, especially if you're training, even if you're not. Um, this reminds me, it's made me think of um, like complete protein. What was it? I, I don't know if it's true or not, but like something like a, a peanut butter sandwich has like all the essential amino acids in it and all that. Like it's all like. <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about there. Uh, um, yeah. He was the guy that I'm pretty sure he was the guy that produced Game Changers. Um, this was like talking. It was on about well, like well, ten years ago. It was there's like, three three grams of it was like on, protein in the be bread. A pe- peanut butter <laughs> on like wholemeal bread and because all the whatever's in the you'd have to eat about 15 of them at each meal to, to get like the amount that you'd need yeah <laughs> now i remember that actually yeah because I, I remember like someone made a rebuttal to it <laughs> and it had, it had figured out that yeah if you ate something like six or seven peanut butter sandwiches for every meal it would tick all the boxes but like it's like I probably wouldn't want to go into the toilet after you like. <laughs> it's like when someone says create, yeah, but creatine's in beef. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how much beef you need to eat? I know, yeah, like whole cows to get yeah. at least to get like five grams that you can get from a little scoop. Which, just off topic, did you know how many? Do you know how many uh, fra- uh, factories in the world make creatine? Probably not like five. There's three. Oh. There's one in Germany and there's two in China. So the next time you're looking for creatine. Uh, literally just look for the cheapest one which um, which uh, is creatine uh, monohydrate because um, that's like the basically the the best of them like anything that's anything that's trying to sell you something that's got creatine and it's not monohydrate after it's probably not worth buying uh, but yeah there's basically three factories so they're all getting made in the same place um, they're just going into different packages because it's all the same thing. So, uh, yeah, look for whichever one is the, the cheapest with the best packaging. Preferably the one that's uh, made in Germany because, you know, there definitely won't be anything else in it, especially if you're in some kind of drug-tested yeah. sport. So, yeah. Um, obviously, getting back, to, getting back to the topic, I will say, like I was saying, I will say that he does come out with some stuff that the guy from the... The, uh, the podcast does come out with a few very positive points like the way that the the food industry uh, is like funded and stuff like that the way that things are researched um, can sometimes bend a little bit in favor of them like the way that they have like shiny advertisements and stuff like that um, and then on the flip side of that tells people to avoid like artificial sweeteners so you kind of like you say one thing but then completely discount something else, which yeah. can 
be pretty helpful. There's actually some new research to say that people who replace like sugar uh, with artificial sweeteners throughout, you know, their diet as like a, taking a macro view of like a diet uh, in general will uh, lose more body fat and generally keep it off for longer. So that's a kind it's, of bit of a rebuttal. That fix, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. like when I first started, that was one of my first switches was going from that full fat Coke to Diet Coke. Yeah. See, every night I have a can of Coke Zero. (laughs) Best Coke Zero is the vanilla one. On a hot day, business. I mean, stopped selling that far, didn't they? But I got the Uh uh, my protein vanilla drops. Nice. Made my own. Started selling it. (laughs) Black market Diet Coke. (laughs) Um, Another point that he made was uh, to do with intermittent fasting Um, and that that's basically the best thing since sliced bread to uh, for your health and fitness. Now, my point to this is applying the nuance that this guy talks about to intermittent fasting is what's the first meal of the day called? Breakfast. When you break that down into like the fucking syllables of it, break, break fast. fast. Uh, so... Everyone, to a certain extent, is doing intermittent fasting, if you eat breakfast or not. The thing that is that can potentially be beneficial for you with intermittent fasting is that you're just reducing your time window to, <laughs> to, eat. to eat, Yeah, which can in turn help you create a, a calorie deficit or a calorie surplus. Um, everything else beyond that is basically majoring in minors in my honest opinion. Um, Source three before, obviously, was used like untrained people about intermittent fasting mm, that you saw it. Yeah. Like if <clears throat> people who fasted for fat loss, they lost more muscle as well. Mm, yeah. Obviously, do you want to optimize, do you say you want to optimize muscle protein synthesis? You want to keep hold of as much lean muscle tissue as possible. Yeah, so yeah. like people who didn't, Fast, I think it was like 16 8 first, just like a regular 12 hour fast. And the ones with the 12 hour kept a lot more muscle and mm. lost a lot more f- fat than than the, the, the ones who ate for eight hours yeah. and fasted for 16. That it's very interesting, that isn't it? But then obviously, that was untrained people, mm. so to whether that would apply to someone who comes to the gym three to five times a week, yeah. It's like that's like me and you trying it, yeah. Now, yeah. If it makes much difference, but it's interesting that if you're already adhering to a certain principle and you have a method that works, like if you introduce this other method, is that gonna work as well? And I always think that it's, it'd be pretty interesting to, to just find out on a personal level. Um, but yeah, again, another kind of, another kind of like sexy claim to do with it, that it's like, that's like well, you've already, you've already discounted, you've based, basically by saying that, that calorie tracking or calorie, uh, uh, Counting calories doesn't work. You've basically denied the energy balance equation, which he goes on to say is is hundred year old thinking <laughs> that's never been disproven. Can't fucking say that enough. <laughs> so we know that it works, and trying to replace it with something, which again is just a method that restricts. <laughs> the amount of time that food can go in. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre, bizarre. 
but I'm glad you brought that up yeah, with the the fasting and the differences between the two because that is like an important point to make like the longer you fast for your body your body needs energy and as soon as it runs out of fat stores um it's going to start eating its mus- own muscle so that's something to be aware of if you consider uh trying like, i've done fasting before but for like gaining weight as well mm. I've, I've still gained weight yeah 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 because yeah comes back to but again that was because of energy it. balance <laughs> time was because of an eating disorder as well. uh, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like I, was, like I, could, I could only eat around training because mm. i knew it was going to be used for that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. your body like, was going to work use the food. Yeah. 6 a.m till 2 p.m on my, my break i'd have my like breakfast next pre-workout meal could be dumped in like the next two hours and then i'd go to the gym train have a massive meal and then a small snack and i'd be it yeah <laughs> And probably for the amount of volume that you were doing, that probably wouldn't help either. Like high volume, probably. I was doing like, um, at the time, so I get into that. Dude, I was doing like Bulgarian as well. Like, I just didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but you just wish that you knew now what you what you knew then, what you know now. And then, like, sometimes <laughs> I wish when I was at uni training that I actually ate properly as well. Yeah. Because I was sort of still coming out of that, like. That kind like, of. Like that disordered eating kind of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Phase. So I was I was training properly, but I didn't have the diet to support it. <laughs> and now I've got both that are like good. I'm making so much better progress. I'm like, why could this like ten years ago? <laughs> it is what it is. The final point that I want to go over um with with this podcast, because obviously I don't wanna spend too much time focusing on negative things, but obviously just wanted to get a few points out there of um why you should take a lot of things that people say with a bit of a pinch of salt, even the stuff that I say sometimes, like, um, like, just like, just like with that reset paper, mm. like it says, you could see that and just say, like, fasting's bad for fat loss, yeah, yeah, but then, yeah. But people who are in it, they were all untrained because they'd never been to the gym before mm. themselves, so it's worth scratching the surface just a tiny yeah. little bit more and going, like, how long the study was and all that, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which obviously for us is important so that we can communicate that with the people who want to achieve these different things. Um, and the final point, the final point. Why is that going off? Are we good there? We should be. Let me get me going double check. <laughs> It's going to be a cliffhanger. There we go. Hi, YouTube. <laughs> Should, like, sync up. <laughs> doesn't have to be... Um, doesn't have to be too polished. <laughs> the final point of this... Um, of this podcast... Uh, was a bit of a, an, another bold claim, and I know that you'll disagree with it, so I don't want to trigger you too much. But he says that vitamins don't work. So, literally just leaves it at that. The host... Um, Stephen Bartlett. That's the guy. Um, goes on to say, I've got this next to me bed, I've got that next to me bed, I've got the other next to me bed, I've got all these kind of 
kind of things that are that are supplements, uh, vitamins and all that kind of stuff next to my bed. Um, and I'll take like a cocktail of things, which for some people might be necessary, for, for others, potentially not. To make a big blanket statement about vitamins and say, yeah, they don't work, so you should just fucking throw them in the bin, which I'm paraphrasing here, um, but that's generally what he was saying. He then goes on to talk about calcium. Now, I know it's a bit of a fucking... It's a bit of a minute detail, but calcium's a mineral. <laughs> um, so the first point with that is, like, you, if, if you're going to make a claim like that, at least make it relevant to, say, vitamins and minerals are u- useless. Obviously, they can come under the same, the same term, but you don't want to confuse things. The thing with that is there's a lot of research surrounding... <laughs> this is just pops into my head actually this guy says vitamins are a load of rubbish and you should get rid of them and then goes on to say well I take a, vit- a B vitamin <laughs> um, what a vitamin B shot yeah something like that yeah um, there's a lot of research surrounding vitamin supplementation for things like vitamin D now that is one thing that year round I would suggest that everyone in the UK takes primary sources from the sun dark as fuck for like what six months of the year so we might as well supplement with vitamin d and make sure that we get our bodies are getting something to look after our general health there's a bit of research surrounding vitamin c for uh like immune support yeah immune system support all that kind of stuff same with vitamin b12 um all that kind of thing although vitamin c after like post-workout isn't good for it because it can like halt mps i think no way so I asked, like, me after training, and, like, watch with NPS, but I could blunt something to, like, mm. try and avoid it after training. Oh, okay. I found interesting. interesting. Yeah, that's, that is very interesting. Um, like, some, I remember some CrossFit, I used to have, like, <laughs> bit bizarre, I used to have a full, like, bell pepper after, a, like, a, like a wad or a, a session yeah. for, like, vitamin C. Like, <laughs> like, just why I wasn't getting any bigger. Just be munching on a pepper. But, yeah, just, like, vitamin C. We're back on the hard audio. So yeah, personally, I take a, a just an effervescent vitamin C tablet pretty much every day, every other day, like first thing in the morning, instead of having a glass of orange juice. So yeah, um, after all those technical dif- difficulties, uh, I think that's a good place to wrap up. <laughs> in case we break some more. Yeah. Um, so um, just because uh, the energy balance equation is 100 year old thinking doesn't necessarily discount it it actually adds to the credibility of it uh, of that as a process it's not been disproved it's yet. not been disproven yet it's not it's highly unlikely that it will be disproven calorie tracking is just a method to adhere to a principle so if you want to get bigger you need to be eaten more if you want to get smaller you need to be eaten less it's pretty much as simple as that um Special guest. <laughs> um, vitamins aren't useless. Uh, so vitamin D is good if you don't get exposed to the sun too much. Uh, vitamin C, good for immune support. Same with vitamin uh, B12. Lumping all supplements together is a pretty terrible uh, thing to do. So, yeah. I think that's a good enough point to wrap up. And we'll see you in the next episode. 
Bye.